I think it should never be permitted to happen again. That is very good. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cricket Podcast. I am Jack Hope, and today I am joined by Ross Legg. How are you doing, Ross? I'm very well, thanks, mate. And Max Roy Brown. How are you doing, Max? Very well, thank you. All the better for uh, Ross's return to the fold. <laughs> he's, he's back in the UK. His uh, holiday's over. Uh, Ross, what's it been like returning to the UK in, in the middle of um, second wave? I, I hate England so much. <laughs> I, I turned up at the airport, and I'm not even joking, there was people not wearing masks. There was like, so understaffed at Heathrow. Um, kind of, it, just, it was just carnage. And like, compared like. Yeah, it's just annoying. I'm so glad to be back on the podcast talking about cricket. Right, yeah. I mean, so that's Dhoni, England. Um, that's quite a large contingent of our, our listenership that, that, that you now disparaged with. recently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone else you want to have a pop at while we're, <laughs> while we're here? Uh, I'm sure throughout the show there'll be one or two. Uh, but that's why that's they come to this. Is, was it shock jock is what we call it? Yeah. Uh. Uh, yeah, we've got um, Statsman Max. I kind of do the hosting and uh, Ross is the wild card. Um, <laughs> we've, got, <laughs> we've got a really interesting show for you this week. Um, as usual, uh, for, for our large contingent of Indian listeners, um, we will be covering this weekend's IPL action and previewing the next few games. Uh, that will be the second half of the show. Um, but we urge you not to skip ahead because we have had uh, cricket journalist Daniel Gallen on to talk about the developing and highly um, problematic situation in South African cricket. And we just finished interviewing him. Uh, I thought it was really enlightening. Ross, what did you, um, what did you think of Daniel and what he had to say? Well, I just couldn't believe how much. So we thought we just scratched. We pretty much only scratched the surface of it when we were talking about it this morning around cricket South Africa. And actually, there's it's kind of a huge sort of scandals going on at the, there at the moment, and it's fascinating to listen to. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out over the next few months. Well, yeah, basically, as we were speaking with Daniel, we, South, cricket South Africa got about a week to get their house in order, or they might be banned from international cricket. Um, so Daniel explains why. Um, uh, as well as some more light-hearted stuff towards the end. Um, but yeah, that's a fun 40 minutes. And before we get into that, though, let's start with something a little bit lighter uh, on a South African theme. Uh, who, uh, Max, is your favourite South African cricketer of all time? And briefly, why? My favourite South African cricketer of all time is John T. Rhodes, pretty much purely for the catch he took, uh, where he's like tipped it over his head and then dived uh dive backwards for it um because that's sort of one of my first memories one of my first cricketing memories and what a memory it is right that's mm-hmm. it was uh it was a pretty special moment and um i i thank jonty for that it also also kind of paved the way but he was, he was quite an important figure in the game of cricket actually because he kind of transformed fielding it was like this is what is possible and we set the standard of what kind of even even modern day cricketers now when John T Rhodes is a is a coach in the IPL mm. like he, mm. he he is still seen as the standard of fielding that you should be kind of working towards yeah uh, Ross uh, same question for you what's your answer I mean, you know the guy who fuels my fire, and that is uh, that is Rabada. The, the guy is just unbelievable. He's like great to watch play cricket. I think the aggression that he shows as a fast bowler is exactly what you should be in a cricketer. Um, loves it, leaves it out on the field. But there's no, there's no one better for me. Um, we can easily talk around AB de Villiers or Jack Callis, but it's Rabada for me. Uh, I I would go with Stain because I think he's quite simply 
the best bowler of, with the possible caveat of McGrath, uh, of of our cricketing lifetime. Um, Jimmy Anderson, mate, come on! I yeah, I don't, I, you, you say don't I'm I. insulting. Yeah, you say I'm insulting the English listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Anderson, Stuart Broad. Um, we'll have to we'll have to agree to disagree on that. But I, I do think Stain is um, he's a mustard, isn't he? Uh, <laughs> uh, we will we will we will um, play our interview with Daniel very shortly. But before we do, uh, Ross, can you let our listeners know what they need to do? They should follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Cricket Pod. Uh, get in touch if you've got any stories or your recipe to a Tawatia Forty Five. <laughs> uh, we definitely want to hear those. So the, the cocktail that is is not going to be a meal. It's yet to be um, invented cocktail. <laughs> Yeah, that that will be that will form part of our Christmas special. So uh, you definitely need to make sure you get on that. Um, and also follow us and subscribe on any podcast platform that you are listening to, and share it with a friend. And we put out stories on Twitter, we put out uh, and as well as Instagram. Share it, get it round. The more people who listen to it, the better. And then you can talk about how of a shock jock I actually am and <laughs> how much you hate me. Brilliant. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Target Ross. Um, one other thing I will plug personally, I wrote an article for Vox Cricket Magazine about the IPL spot-fixing scandal in 2013. So if you want to hear all about uh, Sri Santh and um, <laughs> various owners doing um, things they shouldn't have been stuff. doing. Yeah, dodgy stuff. Uh, you can read that. Um, best way to find it is at Vox Cricket on Twitter or, or you can find me at Jack Hope Zero. Um, good introduction, boys. Let's take a break, and then we'll get on with the show. South Africa have made a real mess of this. And Donald Cronite and Australia are in the final. The match has been tied. What a mix-up. Unbelievable. How on earth did South Africa make a mess of that? This November, England are supposed to tour South Africa. However, as you'll know, all is not well in South African cricket, who potentially face a ban from the international game due to uh, the government effectively getting involved in, in the running of South African cricket. Um, to get to the bottom of this situation, we're joined by South African cricket journal- uh, journalist um, Daniel Gallon. Uh, Daniel, you come highly recommended uh, by Daniel Norcross, of all people. Uh, so, so thank you very much for joining us. How are you doing, first of all? I'm doing very well, thank you. Uh, yeah, Dan is too kind. Um, doing well, I guess... Uh... Shoes on the other foot now, now that I'm watching South Africa ease out of lockdown, enjoy life on the, in the outside world, and I'm kind of prepping for the opposite. But um, all things considered, pretty good, thanks. Good to be on the show. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Um, so in broad terms, Daniel, what, what is the problem that's uh, kind of arisen? What, what is the, all the misconduct allegations about, and kind of what, what's the background to uh, the South Africa's problems at the moment? Well, where to begin? I think uh, to really get to the bottom of it, you would need more than half an hour, and I, I would definitely need a drink in my hand. Um, but the the loose um, diagnosis, as it were, is that there's just been mismanagement from from Cricket South Africa as an organisation for for far too long. The the failure to launch of the of the T20 Global League really put South Africa back financially. And they've just yet to recover. The Mzanzi Super League has not been the moneymaker that, that it was hoping to be. It, it really barely registers a blip on the, on the global T20 circuit. And sponsors are, are, are falling out. Last year, five journalists were banned for exposing 
uh, or rather reporting on the mismanagement they they had their accreditation revoked so it's 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 just a bit of a mess and and the board has lost the faith of, of, of stakeholders like broadcasters they've lost the faith of of sponsors momentum one of the main sponsors has pulled out of the men's game and it, it's all just a bit of a shambles and, and it's all just come to a head now that SASCOC the South African Sports Confederation and Olympic Committee made a move last week which you alluded to in the top of the show to withdraw it uh, they, they told CSA effectively to withdraw its board and key staff to allow a task team appointed by that Olympic body to probe into cricket's problems. Um, and as you said, that's a development that could provoke the ICC to suspend Cricket South Africa because it could be construed as government interference. I mean, SASCOC is a government agency, a government um, body. So yes, I guess effectively that would be government interference. So I mean, on this show, we do like to attribute blame to people. <laughs> Um, so, without obviously putting yourself uh, on too much of a limb, who really uh, is responsible for uh, for, for I, I guess how how this has all turned out and what what's been going on and how long has it actually been a problem as well? Well, to start, the, the answer the, the more difficult question first: How long has this been a problem? That's that's quite hard to say. Um, I, I a couple of years, two three years. I mean, who knows? You know the. the who, who knows how deep this rot goes, really. If you believe Cricket South Africa's own report, the Fundudzi report, a 468-page document, all the blame lies with the now ousted chief executive, Tabang Marori. Now, obviously, that is ridiculous to suggest that one, that, that, <laughs> that one man is solely responsible for all, for all these problems. So, quite frankly, it's it's the entire board. Uh, Chris Nzani is the president. He he has the shoulder some blame. But, but yeah, the... The people running each each province is probably partly to blame. The provinces kind of wield, wield too much power in cricket South Africa, um, and it's it's just a it's just a, a constipation of, of decisions. You know, nothing really gets done. And like you say, I mean, Tabang Maroi was 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 widely unqualified to be a chief executive of cricket South Africa. But I, I and and, it's, and I'm glad that he is gone. But there's absolutely no way that he is solely responsible. That that Fiduzi report is not available to the public. If um, CSA board members want to read it, they had to sign a non-disclosure agreement. Some haven't, some haven't. Um, and and the, and yeah, and right. And the, gov- and, and the government task team um, who are supposed to have read it clearly didn't read it because Nice uh, Nice Apia, I want to just get his, his name right, uh, who was fired as, as CSA's chief operating officer. His name was mentioned several times in a in a, a, a meeting between CSA and Sascog. A bigger part with MPs and, and, and Sascog, and some of the MPs didn't even know who this person was, and his name was mentioned several times in the report. So the people who are tasked to, with di- dissecting the report and getting to the bottom of it haven't even read it properly. So it's it's just a it's just a mess. My my hat goes off to all the journalists back in South Africa who are holding uh, those with power, who are holding a flame under their feet because they are they are really doing the tough work. I mean, I. Um, I, I probably come recommended by Dan Norcross because I write these flowery features and I like to understand uh, <laughs> players' emotions and, and, and what brought them to the game. And, you know, you get a lot of credit for those, for that kind of stuff. But it's the donkey work that is that is really occupying most of, of South African cricket journalists at the moment. Um, I mean, Kogandri Govinda, the CSA's acting CEO. I've said the word acting quite a few times because no one really has an, a, has an official position at CSA. Everyone's <laughs> acting because all the, because everyone who was, who was in the job got fired. Uh, she told the players that the media were being dishonest and falsely reporting of financial troubles. And the reason being is because many journalists have apparently applied for jobs at CSA and were rejected and are now looking to stick the knife in. So this is what, this is what the acting CEO of Cricket South Africa is telling the players. 
so it's all just a shambles. So, you know, I, I, if you excuse me, I, I think I will go get that drink, actually. <laughs> it sounds like the Tory government have actually just stepped in to lead Cricket South Africa here. Mate, so uh, be, yeah. being, I've been in the UK for the last two years, and, and the one comforting thing that makes me feel like I'm not that homesick is watching how incompetent your government is. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so at least on that front, uh, you know, there is that... There well, is that uh, you're you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if, I could ask, if I could ask a question about this report... Um, to be blunt, why do you think that they are keeping it a secret? Uh, and is there any pro- prospect of it, of it of it being released to uh, to the wider public? Because uh, it sounds like if if we did hear what the contents of that were, then there might be some things that, that people within Cricket South Africa could do, and it, it might unblock this inertia that you're describing. Well, I think you've answered your own question there. The reason why it's being blocked is because, and is because the board members don't want it to be blocked. Tabang Maro has been the only one who's been kicked out the door. But yeah, exactly. It stands to reason that if if everyone could read it, you know, if if they would allow everyone to read it, then they would have nothing to hide. The fact that they aren't allowing everyone to read it shows that they do have something to hide. And as soon as it does become made available, rather, it is made available, there'll be more out the door. Um, And and that is why Saskok, the the, the government body, is stepping in. It's, 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 It's well within their mandate to do so. Um, but as you said, that that could result, that could be deemed as government interference. And you know, for for the long term health of South African cricket, we, where there might be a, a short term sacrifice of of being banned from the ICC. I I can't see, the, and maybe we'll get into that. I can't see the ICC doing that. Crick, mm-hmm. You know, for all its troubles, South African cricket is still one of the key players mm-hmm. on on, a, on, a, on the global on the global stage. But yeah, it's just. Um, if, if that does become available, then perhaps more heads will roll. And until such time, it's just to bungs, unfortunately. So when it comes to the actual misconduct allegations, what are they, what are they actually focused on? Is it so we've obviously lost all the sponsors and there's a lack of trust. But is it a case of like there's embezzlement of funds? Is there a sex scandal? Like what, 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 what's, what's happening? What, what do we think has happened there? No sex scandal as far as I know, although look. All bets are off. I mean, Sascock does sound a bit well. Sex, well, <laughs> well, I mean, they, yeah, that's true. They, they sound a bit suspect, but they are suspect themselves. I mean, this is a, this is a governing body that is a shambles in their own rights. I mean, this is a, you know, it's I don't know. It's 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 a one it's one corrupt person criticizing another corrupt person. I mean, this is this is still the. It's, like, it's akin to Boris Johnson taking over from Theresa May. There you go. There you go. To, to, to keep and and criticizing her for not being able to get her Brexit deal done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something yeah. like that. Um, it, it's a it's a mismanagement of funds. I mean, this this report, the ANC government famously spent something like I don't know a million rand on on a, on a bench. You know, like it, 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 in, in the in the books, of, it turned out that five hundred half a million rand, or however, however much it was, was was allocated towards a bench. Clearly, funds were being were being, you know, funneled elsewhere. Mm-hmm. I would, yeah, I know the exchange rate's good. Yeah. But... <laughs> I mean, I would I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, um, CSA board members stay in five star hotels. They 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 fly business class. Mm-hmm. Um, they they are treated to the best restaurants. They they rack up alcohol and and restaurant bills that would make your head spin all the while crickets that, you know, and, and that'd be fine if, if they were fulfilling their mandate of, of developing the game of, 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 of cultivating talents within rural South Africa and, and away from the elite, mostly white hubs that, that they were advancing transformation organically. Mm-hmm. If they were doing all that, by all means, they can eat lobster and, and, and caviar and drink champagne every day. I, I'll be happy with that. I'll, I'll, I'll give them a thumbs up if they do that, but they're not. 
Cor corruption is is so abhorrent because it takes money away from where it's supposed to be. And mm. uh, and when this report is made public, I would not be surprised if, if this is exactly what is, is shown to be the case. Yeah, because you, you kind of talk there around the kind of the white hubs that are kind of typically around some of the, the private schools, etc., that the scholarships go to, etc. And I think it was um I think it was Makai Rintini who was talking around that some of the the um, black um, community are just completely missing out on the opportunities to actually play professional cricket because, say, like, uh, is it Border, which is one of the... Um, That's right. One of the, one of the, it's, not a, it's not a province. It's a, it's a region of um, of the eastern province. Mm -hmm. And it's saying that the opportunities there just aren't as forthcoming with some of the other areas. And before, if that doesn't get redressed, then actually there's going to be no transformation possible within South Africa's game, as the players are just not going to come through from ever everyone having a fair opportunity. Well, that's one hundred percent right. I mean, you know, it's 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 a as as you'll know, it's a it's a money that requires a it's a sport that requires a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Bats are expensive, um, facilities, pitches, etc., cetera, et cetera, Coaching. I mean, how can you become a professional cricketer without? you know top level coaching and it, it that requires money and if that if that money isn't made available it the facilities aren't improved it's why you have Makai and Tini who's taken however many five wicket halls why Lungi and Gidi and Kahisa Rabada look like fines why Ndile Pechlokwaya he hasn't he hasn't you know set the house on fire but he's a handy he's a handy international cricketer mm -hmm. and yet Timber Wavuma's 100 against England in 2016 remains the only one from a black African in the country that is a damning indictment on, on the development structures of cricket South Africa. So if if funds aren't being channeled in the right way and are going to fat cat corporates who are who are getting fatter in 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 suites and are flying business class, well then that that that, that is that that is criminal. That is yeah. criminal. These, these are the people who are supposed to be the custodians of the game, and you know that 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 class imbalance will never be rectified. The racial imbalances might slowly get rectified and. When I was born, less than 80% of the country was black African. Now I think it's 82. More and more white people are leaving the country. The, there is an emerging black middle class and, the, and their kids are now going to elite schools like Kachisa Rabada, who went to St. Stylian's, hmm. a, a top level school. Uh, Temba Bavuma wasn't, wasn't born into privilege, but was, was sent to a good school in Johannesburg. Um, a good school, if you know what I mean. Uh, you know, an elite school, well-resourced, well et cetera. Mm -hmm. so, so that change will happen. What McCarthy is talking about is that unless drastic change is implemented, someone from border where he's from will never be able to stay in border and become a and become a protea. We can pluck we can pluck a whole bunch of them out and send them to Johannesburg or Cape Town, but what is real organic transformation if someone ha can stay in their hometown, become a legend in a, among their peers, and then go on to become a, and play for the proteas? That's organic transformation, and that won't happen without financial investment. Absolutely. When um, so, if we come back to the kind of bit of the government stepping in here, so the um, how is there a deadline around when they've kind of said they're going to get involved, and then if they, if that if they do get involved, then they get banned. Like, what, what's the what's the thought process around that? What's going to happen there? Yeah. So uh, CSA have until the close of business on the twenty seventh of October. Um, they may. And this is this is from Sports Minister Natiem Twetwa, who said that they may make written re uh, representations should they wish to, on why Twetwa should not exercise his, his decision to intervene, um, as enjoined by the law of the country. Now, the National Sports and Recreation Act. It's a little complicated, but it effectively gives the sports minister the right to cut funding to the Proteas, and he could also declare that the Proteas are not the national team of the country. 
So cricket South Africa can can continue to exist as a as, as a private entity. I mean, there's nothing stop. I mean, I can the four of us we we can we can start a board. You know, but we but we we we're not, uh, you know the four of us are going to go represent England and, and South Africa. You know, as as much as we'd like that to happen. So it would be interesting to see what happens on the 27th of October. What's that? That's next week, is it? Just yeah, you know, Tuesday. Tuesday. There you go. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, they got to act. They, I, they, 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 there's no way they can't because I, I mean, unless, unless it's a, it's a, you know, they're going to fiddle while the whole thing burns and, and, and they'll, they'll just be more than willing to take everyone down with them. I, whatever's in that Quindizzi report must be damning. It, it, it just must be the most abhorrent thing that we have seen since the Hunsikrania scandal, quite frankly, because why they haven't made this public is is pretty damning. So yeah, to answer your question, 27th of October. Uh, so that means that um, that could easily impact and stop England from going on the tour, which obviously is, I think is worth about three and a half million pounds, I think, to uh, Cricket South Africa. That, that's right, um, yeah, just, just under. So what, what do you think the chances of the England series actually being cancelled then? Pretty high? Well, no, because uh, maybe I'm naive, but I, I just can't see them... Um remaining steadfast and and, and and not complying with 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 Saskatch. I, mm-hmm. perhaps that is naive but i just i just can't see it happening I, you know we get a lot of lip service from politicians but i i, I would like to truly believe that these guys who got involved in cricket south africa s- somewhere started off as fans of the game and and a lot of them are are are, are, are black and um and, and, and colored and indian are, are, are racial terms under colored means something different in to a UK audience, coloured mm-hmm. effectively is mixed race, but we, it's not called mixed race. So I just want to put that caveat out. So, that, so they understand where we've come from as a country, and 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 how the opportunities that are created today, yes, despite all the problems, are, are still beyond the wildest dreams of people who who didn't live to see democracy. So I, I still want to believe that that somewhere inside them there's a conscience, but but maybe that is naive, given given the mismanagement that has has been allowed to exist for so long. So I. I think I think the tour will go ahead. Um, I've had colleagues, I've, I've got senior colleagues who who think that that's opt- wildly optimistic. But I'd like to I'd like to hold on to that hope. Mm-hmm. Well, from a from a cynical point of view, surely the uh, the money's too much for them to turn down anyway. As as the as a board of people who seem to be concerned <laughs> mostly about the money, you'd, you'd think that would be um, it would be a questionable decision not get a to get a lot of lobster for three and a half million pounds. <laughs> like yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, some fat cat's Rolex isn't going to fund itself. <laughs> well, that's right. That, that that's an interesting point. It, it, but but for that to happen, they would have to potentially give up their position of being the ones who accept that money. If 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 that tour yeah. goes ahead, that means they would have they would probably then have to comply, which means that they might be, you know, out of a job. Fingers mm-hmm. crossed. But that. That might be better than being forced out if, for example, Sascot come in and force the release of the report. I, I don't know if that's something that they would have the power to do. I presume it would be. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I, I believe that that's that the case, yeah. Well, in the, in the world of leaks, I'm sure we'll see it soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that, and that's a good point. I, um, credit, to, you know, for, for a change now, the CSA board, the people who have, who have seen the report and have signed that non-disclosure, you know, somehow they've, they, they've found their morals and are, are playing by the rules now. So, you know... <laughs> Probably a sign that they're all involved. Yeah, well, that's the thing. That's the thing. Allegedly, Max, um, don't get us involved in this. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. On a um, slightly tangential note, is there any trepidation about the tour going ahead from the point of view of the uh, ongoing global pandemic? Um, it, 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 I mean, it, as as English listeners will know, half of our country is now back in lockdown, including all of us in London. 
uh, or, or quasi lockdown might not be the the full full shebang. Um, and I, my understanding is South Africa's maybe on the on the on the upward curve in terms of improvement. Mm. Um, how uh, is that an issue at the moment? Well, yes, it's, it's an issue. I mean, the, the, the you know the pandemic pandemic hasn't gone away. Um, like the UK in the summer, South Africa is is now enjoying a in in up, uh, well downward swing rather in numbers. Um, yeah. It was a pretty tight lockdown at first. It, things could have been a lot worse. Um, the South African government probably deserves credit. I mean, they got a lot of credit in the beginning, and then they lost some of that goodwill by not being as transparent about why they were keeping the lockdown so tight. But uh, consensus is things are, are are looking pretty good. I mean, rugby, um, domestic rugby has continued. Domestic cricket. Um, starts in November in South Africa. Um, restaurants and bars are open. Hotels are running. People can travel within the country. Mm-hmm. And um, you know you've got a you've got a former well not a former South African you've got a South African who who ran a pretty good show here during the summer for the ECB. And I think I think um, Steve Elworthy will be you know offering advice on, on how to make it happen. Mm-hmm. It's it's six white ball games. That's pretty manageable. Um, I believe four of them will. will take place at Newlands and Cape Town and two of them will take place in Paul, which is just up the road that, you know, it's a, an hour bus ride away, maybe even less than that. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, pretty manageable. I think, I think they will be able to do it. Obviously, you know, there'll have to be a lot of testing and, and that'll be expensive. What is it like about 120 pounds a test? You know, when you convert mm-hmm. that to rands over 20 rand to the pounds, that, that kind of does rack up and this is a cash poor organization, but if the ECB helps out in, in some way, um, yeah, I, I if it's if it goes ahead, as you say, and it's allowed to go ahead, given what we've been speaking about, I, I don't see any problems. Fair uh, that's sort of. I mean, from a myopic England fan point of view, I think that will reassure some of our listeners mm-hmm. um, that, that there will be some cricket coming up. Um, I, I I've got a question around. Um, I think the the ICC's role in this. So. From I think I think we spoke about this slightly earlier in in the interview, um, but you said that the 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 ICC has maybe a, a a higher threshold of government intervention when it comes to the traditional test playing nations, um, before they will actually get involved and ban people. So I mean, we saw them ban Zimbabwe last year, but Imran, Imran Khan basically appointed a new coach in, in Pakistan, and um, they 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 kind of let that one go. Um, do do you think? That uh, if Sascock were to to hit take take the nuclear option, should we say, and that they would get involved, or, or or would they turn somewhat of a blind eye? That is the million pound question, right? It's 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 impossible to say. Those two examples that you cited now, Zimbabwe and, and and Pakistan, show that there are different rules for the quote unquote elites. I mean, Pakistan are hardly the elites. You know, they they are the big three in South Africa. Uh, after after various reasons that we don't have to get into now, are certainly out of the out of the big three. Um, I don't know. I I don't think they'd want to. I think I can, we can we can state that with certainty. The ICC doesn't want to go around. Ba- I mean, it's a, it's a the World Cup has ten teams. You know, it's 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 a, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a it's a small crop, and and South Africa is a it's it's a it's a big pull for them. You, they haven't hosted a World Cup for a while, but. Tours are really popular. The players are really popular. Um, it would be it, it would be a travesty if they did it. Um, will they? It's 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 almost impossible to say. We can say with certainty though that they don't want to. At least I I don't think they'd want to. 
Fair enough. I mean, like one one sort of follow up question on on that, and uh, this is something I'm not entirely sure of. Is there a particular reason why the ICC don't want governments to interfere? Because it, it sounds like in some situations, actually, government involvement in um, corrupt sporting bodies uh, it might be welcomed. Yeah, that, um, the South Africa is quite a quite an interesting case in there in government interference because obviously, you know, South Africa was banned during apartheid. Um, the stipulation that no black people could could play for the country was obviously that that's obviously government intervention, mm-hmm. um, and it's a subsidiary of of a of a racist government. You know, the, throughout the society, cricket was just a microcosm of, of the society at large. But the mandate that there has to be X number six um, non-white um, players in the in the eleven on average throughout the season, of which three have to be black African. People have argued in the past that that is government interference. Um, a, a right-leaning uh, political party has has appealed to the ICC to step in because Cricket South Africa recently advertised for positions um, at, at board level, uh, and not even at board level, also, also at the coaching level, I think, that said that they weren't going to interview white candidates. They were only going to interview black-colored and Indian candidates. That's government interference based on race, according to, you know, if, if, you, if you want to be black and white about it in air quotes yeah. that, that is exactly what the apartheid government did they, they were appointing people based on race so africa is complicated because obviously of, of our history and, and and there's a need to kind of wrench ourselves from a a divisive and and and, and violent past towards something that represents equality we are going to break a few eggs to, to make this this rainbow omelet um so it, it's it's tricky. So to answer your question, why wouldn't the ICC want to do it? I I, I think the ICC wouldn't want to. Uh, so that was your question, right? Why does that? Why? It, it was why why does the ICC care what, whether governments intervene? I mean, it was the broader question. Although I think the, the sort of the what you've talked the, the question you answered was more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, I, I think the ICC cares because they because they would like to know that their sport isn't being run by dictators. Mm-hmm. I mean that's. No, yeah, you know, that, we, we also have to remember uh, the ICC aren't perfect. Let's let's no, let's, no. let's not paint them as a completely perfect board, right? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, maybe, maybe we can get them investigated for the BCCI in England and Australia just running the show instead of them doing anything. What exactly? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that looks looks there like this. There might be a sort of, especially in terms of uh, some of the examples that, were, that we've given, that maybe there's a question of the direction of interference might have something to do with whether or not they get involved and, you know, uh, the attribution of positivity or, yes. or however you would, yeah, that, you would put the it. Yeah, the attribution of positivity, that, that's a nice way of putting it because, I, I mean, I guess it is a horses for courses thing. You, if we say, all right, no government interference, well, South Africa has been breaking the rules since they introduced a, a selection target policy. Mm-hmm. You know, that that is government interference. So, do, do we do we chuck them out? Well, no, because this is for the greater good. It isn't sports supposed to be for the greater good. And aren't we supposed to be building up champions and dragging people out of the gutters and placing them on 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 podiums? You know, isn't isn't that the point? Isn't that why we why we do this, right? But that's why we all started this with with that dream in mind. So yeah, and South Africa has always been used as an example of that. Obviously, when it comes to the uh, the apartheid in sport and how that's how those effects have intertwined yeah that's and, all, and, yeah, often and, and, out. and the difference between south africa and zimbabwe you know despite what some right-wing afrikaners and not just afrikaners let me let me let me caveat that just some right-wingers uh, <laughs> we'll, be, we'll beat that, that bit out please do please do. <laughs> I, I don't need to wake up tomorrow to my mentions being uh, all over the place uh, so what what, what right-wingers will say is uh you know often here, oh, south africa is going to the dogs it's becoming like zimbabwe the truth is it is 
Um, Zimbabwe under Mugabe became a failed state. It was a it was a failed state under colonialism. Mugabe made it made it worse. It, it, I, I I think that's that's a fair thing to say. I mean, some people on, on the extreme left will argue that it's a haven, but I think all the people flooding over the border from Zimbabwe trying to make a better life for themselves in South Africa shows which country is is probably doing a little better than, than the other. Um, so South Africa's not there. Um, Zimbabwe cricket failed because, like I said, it was it's you know like cricket in South Africa during apartheid. Zimbabwe cricket was a microcosm of the failure that was happening in the rest of society. South Africa isn't quite there yet. You know, there's there's government mismanagement, but there's still enough. The scaffolding is still is still upright that we can still drape something positive over it. So I think that's mm -hmm. probably why the the comparison to, with Zimbabwe doesn't quite doesn't quite fit. Mm. I mean, you, you've taken the optimistic uh, position that you don't think the ICC are likely to intervene. Um, how, you know, if you were to stick your neck on the line, how do you think it will play out? How, how, what do you expect to happen next? And, and maybe how do you think uh, South Africa can, can solve the problem that they're faced with at the moment? Well, okay, because I've because I've now uh, crossed that Rubicon and I said that um, the ICC aren't going to get involved. I, I have to, I, 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 and I have to run with this narrative. <laughs> Assuming they don't, um, how, how how does it get fixed? It has the change has to come from within. Um, SACA, the South African Cricketers Association, the the players' union, um, they've repeatedly called for the entire board to step down, citing crises that have engulfed the organisation for the last eighteen months. Um, I mean, there's, there's, there's just a lack of confidence throughout the organization. Like I said, momentum were pulled out. Um, everyone's an acting CEO, an acting president or an acting so-and-so. There's just no confidence in the product. The only way that that's going to change is if, is, if that these, if, is if people humbly step aside or are forced out from within. And, and, and that can only come from CSA. If, if it comes from Saskok and, and ICC intervene, well, then they've been dragged out kicking and screaming, and that's uh, that's a de facto coup uh, in a way, and mm -hmm. and and that's not good for the game either. I, I don't I don't think I, I host a podcast myself with a, um, which I hope we'll plug at the end. I won't plug it now. <laughs> I, I host it with a, with a, a professional cricketer in South Africa, Nono Pongola, um, and he you know he offers the, the players' point of view, and he's just like it's a mess, man. You know, like Heinrich Klaassen, who who you may remember. Uh, he played a couple of games the Proteas, were it not for AB and, and Quinton, probably would have played a lot more for, for the Proteas. I'm sure he played a couple of tests even. Um, great batsman. He's mid-30s, probably not probably not even 35 yet, I, I would say. And he was on record as saying that he doesn't know if cricket is a viable career path for him anymore. Um, there's a young Titans player, um, Ag Agathangelo, who I know I pronounced his name incorrectly. It's, it's irrelevant to this conversation. He's 30 years old and he, he's retired. Um, a stalwart for the Titans, uh, the Mark Boucher's old province uh, that he that he coached. He he stepped away from the game. Players players are leaving. Players are unsure if 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 this if they're going to get if there's going to be a case in three years time where they, there's not going to be any money to pay them. If the Mzansi Super League keeps hemorrhaging funds, if if tours aren't going ahead, if 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 we're reduced to a junk status team where England only want to come for two tests because we can't get our house in order. We're going to lose the players, and, and without the players, there's no product. Without without the players, th th there's no funds generated for for the suits of, of cricket South Africa to to siphon into their own accounts. So, you 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 just ha you just have to hope against hope that that someone's having sleepless nights, and and that's going to culminate in, in change from within. Because if 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 it does happen that they're dragged out kicking and screaming, well, that, that's not really a victory either. Mm -hmm. 
Well, you tried, you tried to read it. So when um, it was January last year, I think just before when England toured then, mm. there was a change in the kind of management structure, right? So you talk about Boucher. I think Graham Smith ended up as director of cricket. That's right. Um, so there's obviously there's there's the old players and the the legends of the South African game are kind of willing to kind of roll their sleeves up and get involved and try to help it, but there's only so much they can do in those positions, and it, you can I can imagine the frustration kind of on the on on that on that side of things. Um, yeah, I think I think uh, I think it kind of needs a good safe pair of hands. I think uh, any idea what Jack Callis is doing these days? Can he can he become a CEO? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Well, first of all, I wouldn't want Jack Cutters to be CEO of anything. Had <laughs> uh, a batsman, had a bowler. Uh, I, was, I was just going for this two hundred slip catches that yeah, he took he, rather he, than anything else. Uh, that's right. He caught he caught pigeons in the cordon, but I, I don't want that man anywhere near a spreadsheet. Um, uh, he was he was a batting consultant um, for the England tour. Paul Harris was a spin bowling consultant, but you know. Nothing is ever simple in cricket South Africa because for those who are counting, Graham Smith, Mark Boucher, Jacques Cullis, Paul Harris, and Jacques Fall, who who was up until recently the acting CEO who has just resigned because he couldn't handle the mess. He's gone back to the Titans. Those fellas are all white. And some rightly pointed out, and, and, and I tend to agree with them, that the optics were poor. South Africa started a test match in, 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 in 2020 and the only black guy on the field was Kakisa Rabada. A couple of weeks later, Kakisa Rabada got himself suspended because he celebrated too loudly, too close. Oh, to yeah, that groups. was farcical. Absolutely well, farcical. It, it, it was, it, we can get into that. I mean, I, 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 tend, to, <laughs> I, I tend to believe that, that Kakiso need, needs to shoulder some responsibility. He told me for a piece that I wrote that he had learned his lesson at the start of the series and clearly he hadn't. So, <laughs> so he's, he's a big boy and he's, he's taken responsibility. So he, perhaps farcical, but that's neither here nor there. He gets, he gets axed from the side. Now Cricket South Africa are scrambling for another black dude. They, they, they shoehorn Timber Bavuma into, into the Jobo test after dropping him because he wasn't in form. So, so now they're scrambling to kind of appear, but there was still only one black guy on the field. Now you've got a white head coach, you've got a white CEO, you've got a white director of cricket, you've got a white spin bowling uh, consultant, you've got a white uh, batting consultant. So people are wondering, like, what the hell is going on? Where's the, transforma- <laughs> where's the transformation? Yeah, uh, Charles Langefeld was, was on board and I think Justin Antong was the fielding coach. But people, are, people, people were angry. And that, mm-hmm. and that anger continued to manifest and will continue to manifest while organic transformation doesn't happen. We can't get organic transformation without a, without a board that knows what they're doing. And you're not going to get a board that knows what they're doing until this current board who know what they're doing, which is stealing money from the people who deserve it while they stay while they stay in charge. So it's uh, no, it's pretty bleak. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think that covers a lot of the sort of ongoing. Well, I don't know. Scandal might be too strong a word. But no drama. Scandal. scandal. Yeah. But dumpster yeah. fire. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, we'll finish with something slightly more positive. Uh, Daniel, um, is can you point us in the direction of of, of a player who might be, uh, I guess, in quotes, the future of South African cricket that we may not have heard of um, oh, at this point? I wish you'd asked me that before. And I could have written some names down. And you caught me <laughs> uh, there's, this, there's this lesser known guy called Rabard who's doing pretty well in the IPL I'm not sure if you've ever heard of him actually yeah yeah, yeah. I mean I've, I've written down uh, you know Faf Duplessis if you've heard of that guy <laughs> um, damn that De is young enough and that, coming, that is a he? tough question well the De Villiers one is interesting right because uh, there was a piece in Cricket South Africa magazine um, not not really, not related sorry South African Cricket magazine that, that's the one uh, not, not related to the organisation they're independent 
um, about how AB's got something to prove. And I, I didn't quite agree with the piece, but it's just been a lot of fun watching a bit of Elizabeth's peak. I mean, the man's an absolute monster. So, well, it's interesting when you ask about about the future stuff in cricket because the guys in the IPL that have done stuff, who have who I have written down because that's what you told me we were going to be talking about. Fafdu Basi, Lungian Gidi, who's young, Kakiso Rabada, who's young, Anik Nokia is youngish, Quinton de Kock, youngish, David Miller, AB, and Chris Morris. You know, it, it's it's a good mix of a youth and experience, but. Mm-hmm. And, pe- and people are really excited by, by some of those names, but there's actually not too many of the uh, uh, youngsters. You know, Aiden Markram, we were hoping was 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 going to be a guy that you'd be talking about on on a level with Fakhti Pasias, maybe not Abdullah just yet, but but certainly one day. Um, he got injured, and and his his form will be interesting um, when domestic cricket resumes. To answer your question, I have no idea off the top of my head. Now I'm, I'm completely drawing a blank. But, no, but that's, I, that's but I encourage the reader, uh, the listeners rather, to to pay attention to the four-day domestic cricket that's going to be starting in South Africa. Have a look at the the, the Crick Info um, score sheets. I think it'll be it'll be an interesting season. These guys, the the guys that do well, are, are, are going to be guys that have have done so in probably the the, the most difficult time to be a South African cricketer since readmission in, in, into the international stage. So. Yeah, if, if, if they can thrive, um, yeah, they, they want to watch out for. Cool. Uh, last couple of things then. I want to tie us in with our introduction to the show, uh, which, which you weren't present for. Um, could you let us know who your favourite South African cricketer of all time is and, and, and why? And uh, also, can you let our listeners know where they can find you, the name of your podcast and so on? Sure. Okay. My favorite, my favorite, I mean, I want <laughs> to do grenades at the end. Cause he's, he's definitely going to be judged. There's a big spot you've been putting I mean, on if, here. I mean, if I can't yeah. answer this one, you know, I mean, I, who's your favorite cricket? I mean, surely I can answer that one. Uh, I want to, I want to say Dale Stane. Um, watch, it's a yeah, good answer. I mean, watch, watching him bowl live. I mean, A.B. de Villiers, I, I think it's one of the, I, I saw Lara play, uh, score an epic at the hundred, uh, at the Wanderers. Um, I saw the wars. I, I saw. I've seen Smith and and Coley and and Ponting and and, and Tindulka, Callis. I just think there's never been a more exciting batsman with, with it, it, since I've been alive than Abi de Villiers. But he's such an easy answer. I want I want to think of the hipster's choice. <laughs> um, Stain tries to look like a hipster. His his look yeah. at the IPL was horrendous. That's right. But he's also not really the hipster's choice either. I mean, growing up, Paul Adams was. Was was just my favorite. I think I, I I can still do his action because I spent more time imitating that than <laughs> than any other thing that you know than any other sport. Probably more than practicing my maths homework. Uh, What's the description? Like, the frog, frog in a blender, blender or something like that. I think, I think, like it, was, I think yeah. it was Gatting that, that gave him that that gave him that description. Um, yeah, he was great. I mean, I I, I was I grew up loving Brian McMillan. Um, there was an advert where he walked out of the Wondrous Tunnel swinging his bat. And like blew the stands down. I was like, "That's the coolest guy in the world." <laughs> <laughs> so, so I liked him. Um, yeah, Alan Donald. I'm a big fan of him. He's 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 always been really good um, in in my life as a journalist. You know, when when I when I call, he answers. Not mm-hmm. all the time. We're not we're not buddies. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, he he he's great. Uh, there, there's there's so many. Who's your favourite South African cricketer? I'd probably go stay. Personally, yeah, um, I think just a phenomenal yeah. bowler, probably the best bowler, um, joint best of, with McGrath in my. I, I, I see, I, I see. Cricket, cricket Monthly are doing um, balls of the set of this century, and if they don't include that one that got Michael Vaughan that swung in and then seamed away on a, on a, on a full <laughs> length and like knocked out his off stump, then 
But we, I, I'm sorry, if you bowl Michael Vaughan, that's not an achievement. Um. <laughs> we'll just have a compilation of all the times that Morley Morkel got Alistair Cook out. And um, Morley Morkel's a good shot. Yeah, Morley yeah. Morkel's a good shot. Very, very underrated cricketer. He's probably mm-hmm. the best four for 70 bowler that's ever lived. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I am a hipster, you see. So I'm like Morley Morkel, <laughs> live and breathe. So, uh, right, uh, right, Rabard right. is actually my favourite. Just because, uh, as much as you said that it's like his own fault when he got banned, I just love that fire. I love the aggression that he plays with. And, and you can't be a bowler. In the game. Yeah, you can't be a bowler who's bowling like near enough 90 miles an hour trying to take people's heads off without being like, having that fire. I just think it makes him a much better player and I just love to see that kind of thing. That's right. Yeah, I agree. Max? <laughs> well, I, I was thinking Morning Morkel because of the, just to go from a really selfish Surrey point of view, but <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I settled on John T. Rhodes. Uh, yeah, of course. Just for the moments, you know, the individual yeah. moments of brilliance in the field. Mm-hmm. You, the, the catch... I watched it recently where he popped the one where he tipped it over his who, head. Who and was then... that? It was it was against England. Who was the batsman? Yeah, I can't. I can't remember. Probably uh, Rampakash. Was, he was always out about that time. Quite, quite early. Quite nineties placeholder. Could, could, <laughs> could, uh... could have been Stuart. Could have been Stuart. I think maybe. But yeah, stun, and that was the best World Cup. That, that I've, I've actually I've, I've got the kits. The like the nice. inverted Y. Um, that that ninety nine semi final. Um, I've probably written more words on that on that on that match. I've probably spoken about that game. I I, I bore my wife to death talking about it. Um, one day I'll I'll have to write a book about it and just kind of I won't show it to anyone because it'll just be me screaming into the void. Um, but it's it yeah that that made me um, the, 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 the sports the sports yeah pretty much the sports fan that I am and therefore the writer I am. So yeah, I don't know what that says about my. Uh, my my uh, glutton for punishments because that, that really was just the most epic thing I, I'd ever seen. Uh, yeah, uh, Daniel, you didn't mention where to find oh, you. Uh, um, I'm on I'm on yeah. Twitter at Daniel Gallen. That's one word. Uh, you can find the podcast called Short Fine Legs um, at short underscore fine underscore legs. I, I know the underscores are annoying. When I when I when I signed up, I thought I thought I was being clever. It's just annoying now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I've got a, my pinned my pinned article, a little self promotion, is a an epic story that I'd love for you guys to read. It's it's about uh, Solomzi Mkweni, who is a cricketer from the Eastern Cape, um, who came over to play club cricket in Scotland. He, he was a professional back in South Africa, and during the World Cup last year, he his body essentially failed him. He couldn't hold his his co- his uh, his coffee mug on the day of the World Cup final. He couldn't hold his coffee mug. Then his legs failed, and then. He, uh, you know that night he, he he spent it in hospital a week later he was in an induced coma wow when he woke up he couldn't move any part of his body except for his eyes and this is just his story of how his his story of resilience and how he he, he wants to play cricket again so that's a yeah, I read that today actually, and, it, and I, I I can um, provide a third party thumbs up. <laughs> oh, cheers! I, yeah, in I, terms of that, it was really really engaging. I, likewise, I also read it. I thought I thought it was a great piece. I, yeah. I, I endorse it, not not for the self promotion, although that helps. Um, but <laughs> because his story is just remarkable, and, and the more people that know it, the better. Right. Cheers, Daniel. Thanks very much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I think I say that from on behalf of all. Thank of you us. very much. We'll, we'll have you guys on our show. Look forward to it. <laughs> See you later, mate. We love hearing from our listeners, so please follow us at The Cricket Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Or if you have a great story like Scotty G did about the Hayden Way, Matthew Hayden's personal website, we want to hear about it. So from wherever you're from, send us in a great story and we'll read out on the show. Email us 
on thecricketpod at gmail.com. Thank you very much. So thank you to Daniel Gallum for, for that interview. I think, uh, well, Jack said it at the end. He spoke for all of us in when he says that we found that pretty enlightening. And uh, yeah, it was a good passionate discussion about South African cricket. So um, yeah, thank you, Dan. Next up, it's the IPL. It's trundling along into the final stages. (laughs) You wanted some hype. There's some hype. (laughs) It's trundling along for some and it's steaming along for others. And uh, there's a bit of, there's a little bit of a gap opening up between the the steamers and the trundlers. Um, So uh, Are they the the new hundred names? (laughs) Northamptonshire trundlers. The Trent trundlers would be pretty good, I think. (laughs) Colin to granddad, their marquee player. <laughs> anyway. Sorry, Max. You, you were about to introduce the IPL. Yeah. So there were, um, well, a multitude of games over the weekend. There were double headers again, and uh, more on that shortly. And then uh, we'll be previewing the upcoming games this week after that. But uh, first up was Friday's game, I believe that would be me, um, going over the goings on of Mumbai Indians versus Kolkata Knight Riders. Um, how, how did that pan out? Did we uh, we were recording our um, IPL special on Friday when it was actually going on, and we was kind of mid game. So uh, how did that end up, Max? Well, uh, if it was mid game, you were probably uh, you probably had a good insight into what was likely to happen by the end. Um, KKR batted first, and it looked like they were in some trouble at forty two for four. It started with uh, a pretty pretty good catch at backward point by um, Surya Kumar. Yadav to um, uh, to take the first wicket and then uh, Raul Chaha continued his good form took two in two balls to leave KKR 42 for four and he finished with figures of two for 18 off his four over so that's pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. There was a bit of a rear guard action though uh, so new captain Morgan and um, not Dre Russ but a slightly more unlikely cameo from Pat Cummings who put, uh, put together 53 off 36. Uh, sort of He's a pretty handy bat, isn't he, old um, McGrath 2.0? Come dog. Yeah. A bit of a better bat than uh, McGrath, I think. Yeah, but I just can't get over how much he actually looks like it. It's like they've just given McGrath an elixir, and then he's like, off you go, mate. You're now 25 again. This is going to hijack the whole piece. Um, but <laughs> has has go anyone on. read on Reddit the, um, the Pat Cummins erotica? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, I know, I know, we've called him Cumdog Millionaire before. Is that where that's from? There is, there is. If you, I can't remember what you search, I'll, I'll put this in the show notes. I think, and I'll definitely show on Twitter. Somebody is an Australian has written a whole um, straight guy turns gay uh, erotica involving Pat Cummins and, and a chance meeting outside Cricket Australia HQ. Right, <laughs> and posted okay, right. this to Reddit Cricket. Well, perhaps it's something that could be turned into a, a, a movie that Brett Lee could star in. <laughs> Leverage some of his uh, film expertise that think, we've discussed in the past. I don't think Brett Lee makes that kind of movie, mate. <laughs> well, let's put, let's put a plug in that hole for now, and uh, we'll, we'll definitely come back to that at a later show. Max, Kolkata Knight Riders. Thank you, Ross. So, yeah, after Cummins' um, uh, rearguard action... Uh, 21 off the last over, uh, bowled by uh, Nathan Coulton Isle. Not not great. Uh, you you could not maybe not say great. That, not great. No, <laughs> you, you could maybe say that it um, 
put a, a vaguely competitive target on the board, but uh, unfortunately it wasn't remotely competitive because Quinton de Kock decided he was just going to do half of it on his own, scored mm-hmm. 78 on 44, and um, Mumbai cruised home with um, three overs to spare. So uh, at that at that at that point, you're you're wondering if anybody could could stop them. Yeah, it's, it's quite interesting. I think um, did uh, well, I did like there was a sort of screenshot and continuing on our kind of um, childish one uh, when Hardick was batting with Decock, <laughs> and uh, that seemed to uh, make quite a few people. Yeah, that's that's the kind of thing people. that uh, pandias to the more uh, childish audience, doesn't it? <laughs> This is, this is why you listen to this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. This is why you listen. Uh, uh, Max, ultimately, when it comes to KKR, like, if I'm, we, we thought they were going to lose. And actually, in the grand scheme of things, I'm not sure it really matters for Kolkata Knight Riders losing this. They've lost to the one or the first or second best team in the competition. Yeah. Um, so ultimately, it was kind of a who really cares. What, what, I do, what I don't like is that Dre Russ does not bang. No, he's not. He's not had a good time of it, has he? So far. Um, well, yeah. Well, there are rumours, aren't there, that that part of the reason for the captaincy change was because Kartik and Dre Russ don't get on. Um, they fell out at last year's IPL, and they thought that, or, or I don't know who thought this, um, but but Morgan does get on a bit better with with uh, Andre Russell, and so so bringing Morgan in as captain might improve Andre Russell's move mood. Well, okay. well, we'll see. There's time time for that to happen yet, and there a few few games to go. So maybe it could be could be an inspired decision. But yeah, I think I think you're right, Ross. You'd expect uh, KKR to lose that game, and given their position in the table, they just need to focus on beating the teams below them, and they'll be fine. So yeah, it also looks like um, Sonal de Ryan is out for the tournament, doesn't it? I think uh, it doesn't look like yeah, he's it doesn't look like to play again. Uh, anyway, anyway, I like to think, just to, just to take a quick um, stock check of that little segment on, on, on that game, I like to think that was the best of the cricket podcast. We had Pat Cummins' <laughs> erotica, we had some some actual analysis. Um, well done, boys. Um, <laughs> and puns. <laughs> and puns. Well, moving, on to, moving on to Saturday, which had the double header. So you had um, Rajasthan Royals versus RCB and CSK versus uh, Delhi Capitals. Uh, Jack, is it you or me leading on this bit? You're going to talk about this, Ross. I am indeed. Uh, so, uh, when it, it was pretty much AB Davidia's show, wasn't it? Ultimately, it looked like uh, the Rajasthan Royals, who it was pretty, it was a really important game for them to win, and they ended up losing quite comfortably because of AB Davidia's hitting 55 of 22 balls. Um, it, he's just unbelievable. We talked about it on the interview with Daniel just a second ago. The guy's just different gravy, supported amply by. Chris Morris in the bowling department, who took four for 26. He's, he's having a great tournament. Um, what I do want to come back to, though, is that Coley is boring. As a batsman, at the moment, he's just boring. Like, uh, the IPL, he's just he's playing the anchor role, and he's just a bit dull. I expect better from who's supposedly the number one bas- best player in the world. Um, great return to uh, form for Steve Smith, though. Tuatia, fielding, batting, bowling, added it all again, turning into one of our favourite players. Um but it's not looking good for Rajasthan Royals uh, at this point. I think they're just playing at CSK now. If they don't win that, they're in big trouble. So, uh, Ross, they're adding Coley to the shock jock list. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I like Coley. I like it. He's just been a bit boring in, this, in the IPL. If you, if you don't agree with that, then I don't well, know what you're doing. I think we with. said a few episodes ago, didn't we, that, that basically they're the, they're the kings of chasing about 150, 160. Yeah, they, they, they were good in this game. I mean... Uh... I I think the the big talking point as far as I was concerned here 
was Steve Smith's decision to bowl Unad Cat in the 19th over <laughs> instead <laughs> of Jofra Archer. So they would have, I can't remember the exact score. It was like 20 and plenty. 27, something like that. Um, the, the, the smart thing to do there, I am led to believe, is to bowl your best bowler in the 19th over so that the, I don't know, some game theory happens. And then the, the 20th over, you're probably going to have more runs than if you bowl the, the weaker bowler. Mm-hmm. Um, they went with Unad Cat, who went round the park and left Joffre with like only a handful of runs to play with, maybe three, uh, which was never going to be enough. And or and and De Villiers, I mean, like it, it was one part De Villiers awesome, but also they gave him the opportunity, and you don't want to give uh, an apex predator like De Villiers um, <laughs> <laughs> that that chance, do you? Mm-hmm. I completely agree on that. I mean, Unakat is just—he's a bit pants actually, just in general. Well, it's Rajasthan Royals all over, isn't it? Like you've got the four. I mean, they also the BBB and uh, the BBBB BBC <laughs> commentary. I was listening to this um, as I was jetting around uh, town uh, on, <laughs> <laughs> on your, on your hobby lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> Um, earlier earlier this week, um, so obviously I couldn't watch the game, and they were saying that on paper Roy- Rajasthan Royals probably have the best team in the tournament, and I think that's only true if you only look at the top three names. Like it's not. <laughs> After that, they've got some real dross in that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like Rahul Tuacha yeah. is their by miles their sort of fifth best player. Uh, maybe it might even be better than that. Rahul Tuacha is. <laughs> look, he's he's the hero of the the 2020 IPL, but he is also a cricketing nobody. <laughs> like, um, I, saw, I saw someone uh, say that Tuatia play. How, how do you say his name? I keep saying Tuatia. Ra- Rahul Tuatia. And they were saying that um, he, every single ball that he plays in cricket, he plays like it's his last. <laughs> and I just like it's just true. That's just true. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just like Una Cat Tuatia. These guys making up the overs for them after Joffre Archer, who continues to have like MVP <laughs> performance after MVP performance. Um, they're, they're not good enough to 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 well to to be a proper bowling team, and they don't <laughs> they don't have enough batters to to be one of those teams that can score two hundred regularly. Um, I mean, like Sandy no, Sampson as well. Let's look at Sandy Sampson. A great for two games, but by by a long way, not one of in, the best Indian batsmen in the in the tournament. Yeah, by a long agreed. way. Um, agreed. Got a good name uh, though, you know. And Shane Warne likes him so. Yeah. Well, let's let's not, let's not discount that what was a good performance, as we said, by RCB, and actually they 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 are now quite comfortably in the playoffs. Actually, they were sitting there on what, twelve points, I think, or ten points. So uh, well done them. Um, moving on to the next game, um, CSK versus Delhi Capitals, um, and this was a must-win game for CSK. There's pretty much quite a lot of the games getting to CSK to prove <laughs> that their win wasn't a complete fluke. They obviously said that Donny and Fleming, they were like, we've got a new way of doing this. Every game's a cup final. Um, they probably lost by five wickets um, from Delhi Capitals. That's not how you want your cup final to end, is it? No. Uh, I think 179 is a decent score in the IPL, just not at Sharjah. <laughs> they posted a good score at the wrong ground unfortunately um, Faf and Radu in the runs Jadeja is just he's just class I've, I've got down Ravi Jadeja is mint here this is what I've written here well, he's just as long as he doesn't have the ball player. in his hand yeah <laughs> He's just uh, he's just a swashbuckling kind of kind of guy. Um, Bravo, I think he's now injured for the rest of the tournament, which is unfortunate as he was uh, actually one of their better players. Um, and the Sam Curran um, experiment got out for a third ball duck. It's not it's not working not working every single game, but that's not to be expected. Um, 
Any, any thoughts on the CSK performance before we move on to the Delhi Capital uh, performance? I don't have any thoughts, but I don't know if you saw Johan Blake, the Jamaican sprinter. He had some thoughts. <laughs> Johan Blake posted a, a video of himself uh, bemoaning Dhoni's captaincy because Dhoni bowled Jadeja for the last over and Axel Patel... Well, let's, let's be, if we're being kind, took a liking to, 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 to young Ravi. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and obviously that, well, it, it was probably the pivotal moment in the game. Um, yeah, Johan Blake. Um, Check it out. It's yeah, funny. It's it very funny. You've got to love it when like a cross-sport cross pollination happens like that. So uh, it'd be interesting to see when uh, Johan Blake, does Johan Blake still run? I can't, probably he still run? Probably. Oh, Donny's going to post a video of him going, you should have run faster, mate, shouldn't you? Um, what, what's interesting about Delhi Capital's performance is that um, it was their seventh different man of the match, Shikha Dawan hitting a pretty incredible century off of 58 balls. Um, but as you say, Axar Patel um, got them over the line, which they, they definitely needed. Uh, he blitzed 21 in five balls, um, including a six off the last. So, uh, yeah, pretty pretty good going from Axar. So well played, well played. Um Pretty sure the man who looks like uh, Ravi Shastri when he's got glasses on, back to back ducks, not not good, not a good look for him for the new prodigy of cricket, is it? It's, it's cricket. You fail more often than you succeed. I was just ask Sam Curran. Um, <laughs> got back yourself to succeed. <laughs> yeah, it's the it's delightful opposite number. If you tell uh, yourself you're amazing enough times, eventually other people will listen. <laughs> Or, or section you. Um. Yeah, or section you. Let's, uh, let's move on to um, what I'm now dubbing Super Over Sunday. Well, can we, um, just just one last thing, we should we should uh, give a shout out to Shikha Darwan, who I know is a big listener of the show, uh, for, his, for his century, um, which was arguably match winning, scored 100 of 185. Oh, I, I did mention that. Uh, I sorry, I, well, I wasn't I'm glad listening. you're not listening. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. He, he, I can uh, confirm he did mention that. We well, should, but it wasn't Sharjah, Jack. Remember that. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> the closest thing I get there, I think. He looks like he should be like a boy band. He looks like he should be a member of JLS or something like that. He's just got that look about him yeah. that he should be in a boy band. Anyway, Shikha Darwan Century was good. We didn't mention that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was, a, was it 101 or 58 balls, wasn't it? I think. <laughs> Arguably match winning. Uh, <laughs> Right, super, so over, <laughs> super over Sunday. Uh, <laughs> let's start with the morning game because that's how time works. Um, Kolkata Knight Riders demonstrated why they probably won't win the IPL in this game. Um, but the SRH, the Sunrisers, Hyderabad, they, they outdid them um, and they proved definitely why they won't win the IPL this year. <laughs> Basically, uh, KKR batted first and they scored a reasonably mediocre 163. Um, Sunrise was Hyderabad and then, like, obviously, in the because this is how Super Overs worked, or work, um, Sunrise was Hyderabad, they chased and they scored also exactly 163. Um, so it was Super Over time. Sunrise was Hyderabad in the Super Over. Uh, <laughs> how many runs did they score? Two. Two, two runs. <laughs> <laughs> Well, a real super over. Which was an improvement, actually, because the first ball, um, Warner was bowled, wasn't he? So at one point, they might not even got two. So, mm-hmm. you know. Well done, Samad. On the one hand, a disaster. On the other hand, not zero. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, some quite high-quality analysis, that. Yeah. Rashid Khan, uh, well, let me tell you, he wasn't able to defend that. Um <laughs> I thought this was interesting. Probably the most interesting thing about the whole Super Over, to be honest, was that Morgan and Kartik, the new captain and the old captain, went out together to chase down 
the uh, the the two. Um, <laughs> hand in hand, you just thought did. Dre Russell. They, they managed to score one between them. Um, fittingly, SRH lost to, to some leg buys. Uh, let's talk about the man of the hour. Uh, Lockie Ferguson coming in for what his second game of the tournament. Where has he yeah. been? Where has he been? <laughs> yeah, four overs, three for fifteen. I believe that was it. Yeah, with two extra wickets in the in the uh, in the what's whatever it's called. Yeah, half an yeah, over, two for two. <laughs> yeah. yeah, to get a fifer, that's pretty good, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. No, he well, was um, he was quite good bowling quickly. Um, I like Lockie. I think Lockie's a good he's a good addition to any cricketing event. Mm-hmm. It's, it's nice for him not to be on the losing side, right? I mean, unfortunately. <laughs> Unfortunately, Kane Williamson was on the losing side again in the Super Bowl I mean, with Morgan Catsley. Yeah, I don't, like spoiler alert. Um, but Trent Bolt, who did bowl last year's uh, Super Over, he bowled the Super Over later on in the day for Mumbai. Um, I, I swear, every time he bowls a Super Over, it's a disaster. New Zealand, there's your answer. Lockie Ferguson, like a man who won the World Cup with Lockie Ferguson. We wouldn't have to worry. We wouldn't be talking about boundaries, would we? If you'd just done the right thing. Of course, um, it's only Lockie Ferguson well, if you don't have access to Colin de Grandon. Yeah, yeah. Well, if we re- if we rewind quickly to a little bit earlier in the game, I've been a little bit facetious there. We probably missed out on a couple of things. Um, I think one of the interesting decisions, or so Morgan obviously cuts, has come in as the big Dre Russ placator. Um, that, well, that's the story I'm going to be telling from now on. Um, he came in and uh, he gave an obviously injured Andre Russell the last over when um, SRH needed 16 to win or 17 to win. Uh, Andre Russell, he was bowling off his short run-up at about 60 miles an hour to Dave Warner. Um, and even like powder puff Dave Warner was able to hit him for boundaries quite comfortably. Uh, why <laughs> why, why would you bowl an injured player in, in, in the last over a game when you're defending 17? Well, I don't know why. He's not got good form recently. He bowled uh, Adil Rashid against Australia in the last over. Like maybe it's just maybe Morgan's got a chink in the armour. He know. just doesn't know who to bowl in the last over, and it's tight. Yeah, or he just likes a bit of a laugh. He's just like, do you know what? This would be interesting. <laughs> wouldn't it? See if, see, let's see if he can do it. Uh, what, what I did find interesting: um, Shubman Gill's pedestrian innings, and he's got thirty-six or thirty-seven. Made it made the score. It really hampered uh, KKR. Um, but what I did like was Sunrisers Hyderabad realizing that their approach to cricket, the whole of the IPL, even before that, in terms of their draft strategy, um, they rejigged their order. That's so good, Warner, was in at, Warner was in at four. Kane Williamson was in at the top. Made no difference, though, did it? No, not really. They played exactly the same. Well, Kane Williamson actually did quite well opening the batting. Scored a fairly breezy thirty-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting you touch on KKR there because we thought before the tournament that they would be the team to watch. We actually we definitely called out their first game as the one you should tune into if you want to mm. be um, inducted into the IPL cult. Um, they've not played like we thought they'd play. They're actually yeah. quite a d- dull team. Um, I don't know what's going on there. Does anyone have any answers? Well, we made a prediction, so obviously the opposite <laughs> happened. <laughs> well, these they say they say they're pretty pretty uh, drab, but ultimately they're still what in fourth at the moment in the playoffs, and they're still in with a chance of it. Well, they um, we've not seen the best it. of Dre Russ, as you say. Um, now there's a bromance forming between Captain Morgan and uh, the replacement um, of, of Kartik. Um, they batted pretty well again. Um, I think it was was it earlier today? It could have been. They didn't play yes, today, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, I think uh, this game think, was yesterday, you know, by the way, Ross. 
This is what yeah, you're the, thinking yeah. of. This is exactly what I'm thinking <laughs> of. Thank you very much. Um, but I think um, KKR, they, they've not got going yet and they're still in the playoffs, is my point. And you, the best is yet to come. Are you saying that, uh, like all good teams, they know how to win ugly? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That's exactly what I'm right, saying. Right, so that, that was the first Super Over. Um, it all but eliminated Sunrisers Hyderabad. Um, That's a shame. Yeah. Well, I say eliminated, put out of misery, might be um, <laughs> euthanised. Um, can you, Jack, can you just remind me which of the three of us called uh, Sunrisers Hyderabad winning the whole tournament? You know what, Ross? I don't know off the top of my head, but it definitely wasn't me. It, it wasn't me. There's loads of games, Max, loads uh, of games left, mate. <laughs> loads of games left. <laughs> um, do, you, do you want to do you want to go back on that, Max? Who do you think will win now? So I know who not to bet on. Sunrisers. Sunrisers. Yeah, oh, back, still, still back in the horse. Still, the, 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 horse, fallacy, the horse has lost a leg, but I'm still back in it. <laughs> Right, should we go on to the last game of the weekend? The, 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 Ross, you should know all about late turnarounds anyway. <laughs> We're going on to the last game of the weekend. There's a lot of IPL, isn't there? That, that just has to be said. When when you get like a bunch of close games like this and we have to look back on them, it is a lot of cricket. What we need, IPL, are like 25% less good games. <laughs> just, well, so this, so actually, can just we, a can couple we touch of blowouts. Can we actually touch Yeah, well, let's this? do can that we, and then we'll uh, do the rest of them. Yeah. So there was uh, some bits on our Twitter where people turn around and they just don't understand how people are fans of the IPL because they think it's match fixing. They think there's match fixing involved in it. And can we just talk well, about that? <clears throat> I mean, the scandals, sure, there's scandals, but at the moment, it's still a great product. And it's yeah. still actually the, the, the quality of cricket is actually pretty high Absolutely. if you compare it to some of the compare it to some of the other 2020 tournaments that are around the globe even the world cup like ultimately it is just it is the pinnacle um and i think jack you had some good points before we discussed it around um why the games are so close can you touch upon that a little bit um i think it was actually max but i can use max's notes um, <laughs> uh, so max made the point that like one uh well within an ipl game because they're all t20 you get there's only a certain spread of scores that are realistically achievable like pretty much every team's going to score somewhere between 130 and 190 or like 90% of the the, the ranges of scores are going to fall within that which means that the games they can't like kind of balloon out into uh, a weird result or or a really one-sided result or that happens quite quite rarely um and then i think max as you were sort of saying on top of that you have a concentration of the best players in the world who are shared in a in a reasonably equitable manner um there's not i mean the you can you can have a better or worse auction strategy that's definitely true um just ask rcb um (laughs) But but it does the the talents all concentrate there. Everyone has a free shot at it, and everyone's got roughly the same budget to spend. So you get a concentration there um, too. I think like they're probably the the two big reasons why. Yeah, it's like when you you compare it to other brands of sport and and clubs and and things like that. Basically, there aren't as many um, there aren't as many margins marginals. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, there aren't as many places for, for. for teams to deviate in how good they can be. Yeah, I think a third point. Um, so, so T20 cricket, I think, is fairly luck dependent. Um, even between the... the, I mean, you, it only takes one of Kings XI Punjab's players to have a good game, for instance, as we'll touch upon. And and they can beat the best team in that tournament, despite kind of demonstrably being a much worse set-up team and a much worse overall team. Um, 
and because of that luck edge, you and because the the, the range of scores that it's realistically possible to achieve, uh, because it's uh, is truncated, you end up with a lot of close games. I mean, it's if you take um, so T Twenty cricket probably compares best to baseball in terms of. Uh, other other world sports, um, possibly maybe arguably basketball, but in both of those sports, there's a really high volume of, of games. So you'd be playing sixty odd uh, NBA games in an NBA season. I think it's sixty; it could be more, and 162 baseball games, um, which is what you determine or how you determine how someone is, how good someone is or not. In the IPO, it's sixteen. So you 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 get on top of on top of it, they're not being much to differentiate people, and they're not being that much in terms of, or that much of a, a margin in terms of how you can select your team. You also have a really limited sample size, so um, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's definitely not fixed. I mean, like, yeah, so the people don't think it's the matches are fixed. They think that they're orchestrated, so that they're like, oh, it's the last ball of the innings, like and- wrestling. Yeah, that means that means <laughs> the Undertaker's turning up as one That means Kyron Pollard's going to hit a ball that's nearly going to go for six, but Agarwal's going to like slam dunk it back into play, and it's going to go to another super over. It's like that's <laughs> that's not what's happening. I mean, can we just say that if that is what's happening, and there is an inordinate inordinate amount of skill involved uh, on the part of the players to make those things happen? Yeah, oh, it would be, I, I want that. I, yeah, I want that person to choreograph my my life. It's <laughs> the best. It's the best. It's the best fake thing you'll ever see. If, it, if, if it's if it is fake, better like, than the moon landing. It's it's worthwhile. It's five times better than the moon landing. If it is fake, I don't care. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, right. Should we get back to the actual cricket? We've, yeah, we've, we're back. We're back. We're we midway through Super Over Sunday. We have digressed. M- Mumbai Indians versus uh, K. Kings uh, and this, yeah, so Jack, this game, Jack, so ridiculous, you probably couldn't even come up with it anyway. I've got like a page of notes of it. Um, <laughs> so anyway, the, the final game of the weekend, I will try and, and make this as brief as possible, whilst Strap also, in, listeners. also hitting all of the, the, the story beats, if you like. Um, so it was, it was probably, and I'm not exaggerating here, probably one of the best cricket matches of all time. Yeah, it was, it, was pretty, it was pretty incredible. I, th- I think what we should do here is, if you're listening and you still have doubts upon the IPL, when Jack is going through what happens in this game, be like, that's a lie, that's true, that's a lie, that's true. <laughs> yeah. See, see which yeah. way you end up. Um, so it, this is the first time we've ever seen a double super over. So Sunday actually had three super overs. Um, let's start with the first of the game's six innings. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> truth or false? True or false? Um <laughs> Mumbai Indians, they posted 176, who I think is like perfect T20. Um, that's the perfect T20 score. It's like, what is it, nearly nine and over? You can have a, a couple of good overs, will make it difficult for the batting team, but doesn't put them out of it. You can lose an early wicket, but still be in it. Um, uh, I assume you mean perfect from the point of view of the, the neutral viewer. viewer. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. If you're, if you're, Mumbai Indians are probably thinking we'd have liked five more runs there. Or one more run. One would have done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, they got they got 170 things. Thanks largely, I think, to Kyron Pollard who who went ballistic again. He's having a fucking good tournament. <laughs> he is enormous. <laughs> I did. I was watching it. He. I think Max, you're pointing out that he was stood next to the umpire. Yeah. And honestly, the umpire is not even a third of the size of Kieran Pollard. <laughs> Um, so anyway, they, they post 176, and in response, Kings Eleven Punjab. Uh, well, 
you know, they, they, they pulled off one of their hero to zero performances, basically. Um, if you've been following the IPL, you'll know Kings Eleven Punjab have been in so many winning positions for their two wins or three wins. <laughs> they two, could, two. they could quite honestly have won <laughs> seven games. Um, if they, if they, if like one moment a game had gone that way. Anyway, they went, they went from hero to zero. Um, and to cut a fairly long story short, it meant that their number seven batter on the last ball of the innings needed to hit two to win. Um, and now Chris Jordan's pretty good. I thought watching this, Chris Jordan, he'd actually been going. Well, I think he got thirteen or fourteen off, off the first seven balls he'd faced. So I thought he's going to he's going to park this out of the stadium. Um, and he tried, but he didn't quite get it. He hit it back down the ground uh, into that kind of long off territory where two is possible. Um, I think the, 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 there's quite a lot of drama had already happened at this point. So let's take a quick break just to discuss Chris Jordan's <laughs> running style. <laughs> Russ, can you explain to me why he didn't run in a straight line? So he's two to win. He's got to the non-striker's end. He needs to run back 17 metres, 20 yards-ish, ground his bat to, to get there. He instead takes a detour and runs 22 metres. Why would he do that? I, uh, Max, I'm gonna have to come. In, I'm gonna have to tag you in on that one because <laughs> genuinely, when I was watching it, I was just like, "What is? What's he doing?" There was no reason for it. Well, maybe he saw something that wasn't there in the way. I don't know. I've never seen anyone do it. Uh, I, if, if you're gonna, if you're gonna do it, do it so you're gonna potentially block the ball from it going. Maybe he there. suddenly <laughs> remembered at this uh, very crucial moment the uh, ECB's COVID guidelines are running between the wickets, <laughs> in which you were supposed to take two meters from everyone else. <laughs> it is like that so he grounds his bat next to the stumps and then he finishes like three pitches further to the right um, he is out by the barest of margins <laughs> and we're going to a super the over the barest of all <laughs> margins <laughs> uh, so super over one uh, it looks like um, not only have Kings Eleven Punjab managed to not chase down 27 off the last three overs with six wickets in hand um, not managed to score a very makeable two off the last ball. Um, but it also looks like they've blown the super over because what do they do? They send out KL Rahul, um, uh, who <laughs> has... He's the informed batsman, to be fair. Yeah, I mean... 77 of 51 in that game. <laughs> the, the, Orange they cap have some, leader by a mile. They have some other players they could have sent out who we will we will get to in super over two. Um, but they send out KL Rahul and some guy called Deepak Huda. <laughs> who the fuck is Deepak Huda? <laughs> Well, he was batting at the end of their innings and was on 23 off 16, which isn't too bad. But it's not not amazing either, is it? I mean, like, look, I you said we, maybe mention, go I said, with I said we might mention them. Yeah, they've got they've got Chris Gale and Glenn Maxwell. Nicholas, P- oh, Nicholas Puran's out, actually, isn't he? He did, um, <laughs> yeah. I don't you, know. You, a goal, a goal's well, actually, one of the top goal, scorers. Yeah. Um, they, anyway, it all, it was, look, this is a long way of saying they managed to score five. <laughs> Which is more than it's more than Sunrise's Hyderabad. It's actually yeah, two point five times better than Sunrise's Hyderabad. <laughs> um, 
look, there's a reason these two are down at the bottom, isn't there? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, the decision making is not that great. And uh, <laughs> Anil Kumbale's pot belly is not doing him any favours either in the skin tight jersey that he wears. Uh, anyway, Mumbai Indian super over. Yeah, well, Mohammed Shami he he bowls maybe the over of his life, and he matches Bumrah who'd uh, who'd bowled for Mumbai Indians, and they uh, they restrict the Cock and Sharma to five. Um, again, some questionable shots. We won't we don't have to go to them in detail. It was weird. Yeah, um, Cock likes the paddle, doesn't he? Yeah. He's a bit obsessed with the old paddle. What we definitely need to mention is the run out to take it to, to a well not to take it to a super over is it a, a super duper over the <laughs> K.O. Rahul it's, he, a shocker with the bat but Ross talk us through what he managed to pull off uh, behind the stumps well the, well the ball has been winged into and I wouldn't say like it's, it's not the best of throws I can't remember who it's from um, it was a proper panicked throw of going, oh no, we've, we've lost another game. Yeah, well, he misfielded it first. It misfield, got misfielded into the outfield. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Rahul is almost, he's like dived forwards in one action, has deflected the ball, on, he's like almost grabbed it, deflected the ball onto the stumps, and has run the cock out by, by a penis length. Honestly, <laughs> it was like. <laughs> You can't, you can't say that. Max, Max, Max is uh, uh, by, a, by a couple of inches is what Ross means. Referring, of course, to his own <laughs> member. Um, um, I was going to say, there's a, there's a variation there in yeah. how um, out that is. Max, um, you're a wicketkeeper. How impressive was that, that least little piece of skill from KR Rahul? I mean, you try these things and you hope they come off. And then when they come off in those sorts of situations, you just got it's brilliant, isn't it? You, you love mm-hmm. to see it. Yeah, I mean, I, what I thought was good about it is he thought he hadn't done it. You could see the look on his face. He was like, mm. ah, I've not only I batted shit and I didn't even, like, I've done this amazing piece of school that's going to count for nothing. Because uh, he, he wasn't even really looking at the stumps. He thought, yeah, it was, yeah. It, was, it, was, it was a stunning piece yeah. of... Um, and yet possibly only the second best bit of fielding to... Uh... Well, yeah, look, this, <laughs> this, this takes us to the super duper over. Um, the first ever in cricket history. Made history yesterday, the IPL. Let that sink in. Yeah. Um, so, if, in a second super over, there are a couple of rules. If the batter has been out, or it was there's out... There's not just it? a couple of rules. There's, no, there's not just a couple <laughs> of rules. And the commentators had no idea what was happening. It was it was a farce. The commentary was a joke. Are you saying Michael Slater isn't up to the job? And, and his partner in crime, absolute <laughs> idiots. Sorry, I digress. That's Sonil Gavaskar. Um, Sonil Gavaskar, we can add that to the list. <laughs> Shock joke, Ross strikes again. Uh... <laughs> oh, okay. I, I'm just going to say it then. I'm, I'm going to go. going to go deep on this. When it was, they were about to go out and bat. He goes, "What they want to do here is let uh, is restrict them from scoring uh, any kind of runs." Th- oh yeah, thanks. Really good in a super over. Cheers, mate. Look, Sorry. it was the first super over. Second, it was the first super duper over of all time. So, yeah, look, everyone's head was scrambled, so, Ross. Imagine yeah, you in that situation. Yeah. Anyway, let me, let's just run through the, 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 the rules as far as I understand them. If you, are, if you batted in the first super over and you were out, you can't bat again. That seems simple. That's sort of how cricket works. If you bowled in the first super over, you can't bowl in the second super over. Also not that complex. I mean, it was, it, 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 at the time, did appear like rocket science. Um, <laughs> it wasn't a well-written Alshaw's brief. And, and for that reason, Michael Slater didn't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still con- I'm still convinced that he's got a button that he presses that he's pre-recorded. Um, anyway, uh, Chris Jordan took the ball, so the team swapped round again in a, like a normal sweep over. So Chris Jordan is bowling for Kingsley and Punjab against Mumbai Indians in the Super Duper over. 
Um, and to be fair, he bowls a pretty good over. Um, there are a couple of Excluding wides. the wides and yeah, the rank half like, volley, all the others bowling, were quite good. He's bowling to Pollard, who had monstered Kings Eleven Punjab earlier in the game. Um, I, I, I was going to say he bowled a good last over until the last ball, which is like a low full toss. And Pollard, he absolutely banjaxes the ball. Um, it's flying over mid-wicket. And then, it's one of those low low sixes as well. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a flat hit. Yeah. Uh, also, it appears because Mayan Kagawal, he goes full air Jordan. Um, gets up. You say is that like Dragon Ball Z or something, or, <laughs> or the old hood, like being a Hadouken off of um, Street Fighter? He gets up and he like dunks the ball back into play. Nearly completes the miraculous catch. Arshdeep didn't quite get there. Arshdeep Singh didn't quite get there. Um, saves four runs, and that keeps Mumbai Indians to, uh, I think, 11. Um, yeah, it was 11, yeah. Meaning that Kings 11 Punjab <laughs> need 12 to win. Enter Chris Gale, um, who, like a wizard, is never late and never early. He, Chris Gale <laughs> arrives <laughs> precisely when Chris Gale means to arrive. <laughs> Um, oh, that caught, that caught me off guard. Uh, first ball of the over, he he launches Trent Bolt, not for one of those ten my Hank Agarwal stacked on top of each other, all air Jordaning. We're going to bring this fucking ball back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what ball? What ball do you not bowl to Chris Gale? Full toss yeah. on the stumps. Uh, he, <laughs> well, but a, a knee high full toss as well, wasn't it? <laughs> he he absolutely smacks a fucker. Um, <laughs> uh, takes a single next ball. His work is done. Um, and Agarwal <laughs> Agarwal hits uh, Mayank Agarwal comes back after his uh, he's just returned back to earth um, after his jump to, to, to pull back that Pollard six uh, and he hits a couple of really nice shots actually um, to win the game for Kings Eleven Punjab um, this drama wow it really shook up the table um, Kings Eleven Punjab they now only need to win every single game that they have remained all five to make the playoffs um, can they do it? We, we dare to dream. Any team with Chris Gale in, we, we, we were kind of talking about it, weren't we, before? Go on, Max. Well, I was going to say they can if they play Mumbai Indians for the rest of the season, because it seems that they've got, <laughs> got there's some charm there. <laughs> uh, well, they've got uh, well, the game Royal Challengers Bangalore, so I reckon they might turn them over. Well, what I did, what I did find interesting was um, Glenn Maxwell not going out to bat. So obviously they used four bat. Was it four batsmen they used? Uh, five batsmen that they used? And Maxwell didn't even have his pads on. And uh, you're kind of sitting there going, well, what the hell's gone on with Maxwell? We kind of told it. He's the big show. Who's going to bat um, in Super Over 3? Well, <laughs> I'm just going to uh, run through his scores in the tournament to uh, give you why uh, Kings Eleven didn't pick him. He scored 1, 5, 13, 11, 11, 7, 10 and 0. And he's faced the most balls in the IPL without hitting a 6, which is 63 this season. He's, he's been 10 overs of cricket. That's not great. He's not at six. Um, he's a good bowler yeah. now, though. Oh, that's, that's what you want, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> four overs, number 24 in the power play. Yeah, well, that's, that's, what, that's what you pay kind of uh, <laughs> £1.5 million for, isn't it? Just uh, for the part time offer. Anyway, anyway. Right, lads, any, anything else on, on <laughs> that game? It was, it was, as I said, one of the most remarkable cricket matches of all time. Um, no, I, th- I think we should uh, take a quick break and then rattle through the previews. Yeah, sounds good. Chennai Super Kings. Chennai Super Kings. 
Hold your horses there, Ross, because before we get into the previews, there is one more result to tie up. Um, far less exciting than what we've just covered from the weekend. Um, CSK versus Rajasthan Royals happened today while we were recording and a little bit before. Chennai Super Kings have realised that they can't chase runs anymore, so they set about setting a target for Rajasthan Royals and notched a commanding 125 from their 20 overs. Uh, Stokes and Tiagi conceded half of those runs between them, uh, while Ahachi went for 20, Tuatia went for 18, and Gopal went for 14, all of four overs. So uh, that was pretty good. And uh, a little wobble at the start from Rajasthan Royals, but Smith and Butler came in and uh, saw it home fairly comfortably in the end and that's that really so um that leaves CSK. yeah that leaves that csk yeah. down the bottom bye bye i think they're the 13 i think mathematically they can't make it now so you know that's a real shame for all the dhoni fans yeah what a shame rajasthan royals on the other hand now up to 8 points just 2 points Ooh. off the fourth playoff spot although they have played one game more than kkr oh. so could be a chance there of some um, cats Drama. amongst pigeons. Yeah, I'm going to enjoy. I'm going to enjoy the dogfight for the, for fourth place. Uh, that moves us on to Tuesday's game, which is Kings Eleven Punjab versus the Delhi Capitals. Uh, every game, as Jack said, is a final for Kings Eleven Punjab now, who need to win every single game now. Uh, what is interesting here is that um, Kings Eleven Punjab have beaten RCB Mumbai Indians. Um, and they sit in the playoffs. Can they make it a third with Delhi Capitals? Um, I reckon not. Pan and Hetmeyer are expected to be back. Um, I, just, I just don't think they're going to make the make the make it a game for them. I I can't see the that it will happen. I you know like if you're always involved in close matches, you can't expect to win them all. And and they have been, and they haven't. So <laughs> you know there we are. But they're not that good at cricket. Um, relegate them. Yeah. Yeah, the old Pune Warriors are going to come back. Uh, I think uh, we I haven't. Think is, yeah, we haven't given Delhi Capitals any love, so we should quickly say. Um, you know, I tell you what. Oh. Actually, no, we didn't mention this earlier. Um, Shikhar Darwan century. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the, the Capitals. So seriously, they've got their shit together. They look really good. Hetmeyer and Pant coming back is like a bonus. I mean, Hetmeyer and Pant walk into any other team in the IPL, and, and they're <laughs> well, they won two games with them on the bench. Um, yeah, yeah they're, good, they're good. Break, lads, they're good. Kagiso Rabada, as we said, we mentioned earlier, and, and uh, Nokia as Nokia. well. So there's the, the South African contingent flying the the flag high for, for those. It's words, also so. going to be that bit where um, Ashwin obviously plays for them, and as we said in the preview show, it'd be nice to see him uh, get get close to winning, as he had no chance with uh, Kings Eleven. Uh, Matt moves on to Wednesday's game. Yeah, Kings 11, oh, is it not Kings Eleven? It's yeah, um, Kolkata Knight Riders. Kolkata Knight. So it's the it's the other team with a K in their name. Um, Kolkata Knight Riders taking on Royal Challengers Bangalore. Um, it's a matchup between third and fourth in the table as we as we speak now. Um, I think for the sake of the tournament, we we need Royal Challengers Bangalore to do us a favour and beat KKR. Um, and I think on paper they probably should. So um, since Chris Morris has come back into the side, he's been sort of an excellent. Uh, addition, uh, De Villiers is firing. Coley's kind of doing his boring thing, but it's you know it's sort of effective, isn't it? Uh, Chahal seems to be enjoying bowling not at the Chinnaswamy Stadium. They're they're I think they've been very good for third place. I think RCB have comfortably been the third best team in the tournament. 
Um, and that's before we mention how kind of average KKR. KKRR. Mm-hmm. That's a mouthful. And um, I think RCB are going to win this. Max, have you got any thoughts on uh, Wednesday's l- lineup match game fixture? Well, you never know with RCB, do you? That's my <laughs> that's my catchphrase now. For them. Yeah. yeah, the old wheel of fortune. I think with RCB, the, the, so we've been saying good RCB, bad RCB for like the last five games. They've been pretty good RCB. Mm. So we do a bad a RCB. Huge then. difference. I just like I think, has been. yeah. Yeah, I think RCB, bad RCB might be a, a thing of the past. Bad. <laughs> oh, 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 you've <laughs> done it now. now. I mean, it's also yeah, possible that bad RCB is still too good for KKR. Uh, I think that, well, I don't know, bad RCB are bad. Well, it depends if they decide to bat De Villiers at eight again or whatever. They're stupid, did not they? Even though they scored 170 odd. I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, yeah, you know, they're all right on cricket, aren't they? Good challenge. <laughs> but, yeah, well, we're still waiting, aren't we, for Dre Russ, so maybe this is the game. Yeah, well, Coley, he can bat a bit. Okay, yeah, I I think Andre Russell won't play. Uh, we didn't really mention this. Well, we did, we did, we did mention that he 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 looked injured. He looked mm, really true. injured. Um, he looked like liability injured. Yeah, but I just think that was because they played only one game. There was only one day between the games. Okay, I reckon maybe. it might just be fatigue. Uh, all right, so uh, hold on. So I'm going RCB. Ross, what are you saying? Yep, yeah, RCB for me. And uh, Max. Well, let's be the contrarian and go with KKR. This isn't really... You're supposed to say who you think will win, not listen to what other people yeah, say. Yeah, and I think KKR will win. All right. Um, Either Dre Russ will come back <laughs> firing or he'll be dropped and whoever replaces him will be firing. For final final game, and then we will um, we will wrap up the cricket podcast for another well, another few days. Um, the Rajasthan Royals for the Sunrisers Hyderabad, Max. Yeah, so currently that is 5th v 6th. So if um, KKR do go on and lose to RCB, as you two predict, then that opens up a chance for the Rajasthan Royals to uh, sneak into the top four for um, for the, 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 well, the home straight, I suppose, as we uh, near the end of the group stages. So That'd be a crime against humanity. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a big game down there at the bottom. And also for SRH, I think they are somehow still like hanging on by the coattails, um, largely due to a better run rate than the other two losers. So they, uh, yeah, if they pull it off, then they're still in with a shout as well. So this is uh, potentially an eliminator for SRH, um, definitely depending on what happens uh, with the KKR game before. Um, so, I mean, they do need to bounce back, don't they, after their disastrous super over on Sunday. Um, if that had gone the other way, we, we we could actually be talking about SRH sneaking into the playoffs instead of the Rajasthan Royals, which is a, a thought to behold, relax. isn't it? That is a... That is, a terrifying thought. Yes. Well, yes. well that wraps up the uh, IPL preview. Hold on, we didn't. Dis- who, who do you think is going to win? Don't yeah, don't on, jump Ross. the gun, Ross. Don't cut me off oh, there. It's obviously not going to be Sunrisers Hyderabad, <laughs> is it? No, it's not. Yeah, Rajasthan <laughs> Royals got that in the bag. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I think it's probably going to be the Royals, isn't it? I, oh, I, yeah, they, they. <laughs> I, I do think it would be a disaster. Uh, before Ross, uh, you were about to make some good points about where people should listen to us, but should we run through the table as as it is? Right now, because I think the, the next three games really are pivotal. Uh, and if you're if you're playing along to the IPL via this podcast, um, you do kind of need to know where people stand. Um, bottom of Chennai Super Kings, they played a game more than everyone else, and they've been worse than everyone else. So they they deserve their basement position. Um, Kings Eleven Punjab, the resurrected Kings Eleven Punjab are in seventh. SRH are in sixth, and then the Rajasthan Royals, who Max was just talking about, they are in fifth. Um, 
just two points off the playoffs. So SRH and Kings Eleven, Kings Eleven, Punjab and CSK, they're all on six points. Rajasthan Royals are on eight points. Kolkata Knight Riders in the fourth playoff position, they're on ten points. Uh, and then the big boys at the top, DC, they're first. Mumbai Indians are second. Uh, the Royal Challengers, Bangalore, third. They all look like they're pretty much there already, don't they? So um, it would take yeah, some, yeah. It would take a surprise for any of them to. There are some big games for that for that that fourth spot coming up this week. Um, and we're, I'm looking forward to talking about them on Thursday. Brilliant. That, uh, that wraps it all up. Um, thank you very much for listening. Um, please follow us at The Cricket Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Um, a more comprehensive review or preview is just not possible. This is <laughs> the best cricket podcast going, covering the IPL. Um, Max, Jack, thanks very much for being on the show with all of us. We love it. Speak to you soon. <laughs>